Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Capitalize Your Fridays. I'm Taylor Dennis, Senior Wealth Design Specialist and Vice President at Altius Financial. And I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Williams, Founder and President of Altius Financial. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to our podcast. So the idea for this podcast really just came from thinking about how it seems like we all love to use billionaires' products. Like, I'm constantly buying from Amazon, but it also seems like everyone loves to hate on the billionaires. It's I remember vividly when it seemed like there was a, a modern day race to space and all the billionaires in the world were within a week of each other saying, OK, I've got a big space launch. And um, we all tuned in to watch it. But then almost immediately after there was a flood of Instagram posts kind of making fun of the work they'd done. And, oh, I, this person's just throwing their money around rather than trying to have space exploration. It kind of comes to the point of, is this human nature that we love to watch others downfall? Or is this, is there something innately wrong with billionaire individuals? Is, is there something wrong with these people? Why? No, no, no. There's, <laughs> there's everything when? right with billionaires and we shouldn't hate them. It's not, it's not, at least in my view, it's not human nature. It's, it's a sad state of our culture, but that's changeable. That's not, you know, like metaphysically given. We can change that. Yeah. But uh, th- this is a good topic. I'm glad you uh, thought of this one. Let's jump into this. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of investment advice or financial planning. No client advisor relationship is formed by our broadcasting this information or your listening to it. The use of this information or any materials linked to in this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant as a substitute for professional financial advice. If you're needing specific advice for your situation, please reach out to your certified financial planner, or if you're interested in learning more about our firm, our people, or our philosophy, please reach out to us at our website, altiusfinancial.com, or you can reach us directly by email at michael at altiusfinancial.com or taylor at altiusfinancial.com. Yeah. So I'm kind of coming at this from two two perspectives. I think we have a culture where a lot of society just thrives on that drama TV, anything dramatic. So for instance, I was watching The Bachelor this week or The Bachelorette. Gosh, I don't even know which one. <laughs> but it seemed like there were all these women chasing after one man and it was so dramatic and someone was throwing a trophy at someone. And um, it's and we were all tuning in, drinking our wine, laughing. And like everyone was just having a great time enjoying this drama and somewhat downfall of someone else's life. <laughs> But so it is the reality that people dislike billionaires because they really just want to see the drama in life? Or is it that people think that billionaires are actually just bad people? I mean, yeah, what do I, you think? I don't, I, you know, I, I don't think most people think, or at least think about <laughs> it. They just kind of react emotionally um, to the rest of the culture. And, you know, like you're using, you know, some TV drama example. Most TV, good or bad, is going to have drama. I mean, human life is struggle and involves conflict. And so the best drama, whether it's on TV or a movie or in a book, oftentimes it's best in a book because you get the, the writing of it and you actually kind of uh, create from the words, you're creating the, the, the images in your own mind. But but all, in one sense, all good art creates conflict because that's part of what human nature, it's all, that is human nature, you know, to, to struggle and to overcome obstacles. But I think it's partly the culture. It depends on whether people cheer for uh, people to overcome obstacles and celebrate. Um, and we do, we celebrate billionaires, but we also have this conflict of, you know, how did they get to be billionaires? 
Um, and that's, that's a real misunderstanding in, in the economy or in, in the culture about what economics is about and what it means to actually produce wealth. People more and more, it didn't used to be this way, and it doesn't have to be this way, but more and more people think if you got to be a billionaire, you just took it from somebody. And that used to be long ago that that was how people got wealthy. There, were, there was no such thing as a, a billionaire, but rich people, kings and, and monarchs or dukes or you know, people who had wealth took it. They took it by conquest. Um, today, you don't get to be a billionaire in a free society without really, really producing a lot and serving a lot of people. So it's a misunderstanding of what it takes to be a billionaire. I don't think that it's, uh, you know, that human nature is envy, but that's the kind of culture we have right now. So the, the real issue is that are we still thinking mentally that, okay, if back in the day, the only people who were at the top financially were the kings and queens who were really like taking over countries and killing people mm -hmm. and like stealing what they want or conquering what they want. Is it that we just still have that mentality of, okay, people have to be hurting others to be gaining what they have? Do you think that's maybe the situation? And now there hasn't been a new perception of, oh, no, now nowadays billionaires aren't necessarily ruining the world like the previous day. Well, there, you know, the, I think thing. I think it's partly, um, you know, what what is it that shapes a culture? Um, and it's hard to say. I my view, and, and you know, I kind of preach this, is that, that uh, cultures that recognize individual rights and that people have the freedom to do what they want with their life and the government has just the role to protect those rights, meaning free societies, you know, uh, capitalist societies, people who are, live under freedom, uh, generally start a virtuous cycle where they appreciate billionaires or appreciate, more importantly, productivity, people who are actually creative builders. Um, and we have had that throughout our culture, and we still do. I mean, the American culture still does appreciate achievement, which is a, a great thing. Yeah. But we have been moving more toward a, a culture that says, no, it's okay to force people to do things, you know, as long as it's for a good cause. You know, we, we should have more government involvement. And that's sort of my view is the, the root cause of people being more envious of others or envious of achievement is um, the more we use force in our society versus actually having a, a culture of appreciation for work and achievement. It's interesting though. You know, if you look at, if you look at sports, that's kind of maybe the last bastion of where people really do appreciate excellence at, on a, on a society wide basis. You know, think about the, the best basketball player or best football players in the world or whatever sport you want to pick universally, they're admired. But yeah. if you look in business, the people who are at the top of that game they're not they're universally not yeah they're universally not universally but mostly kind of we look at them like uh you know how did they get there what what did they do did they take advantage of their employees and and that's oftentimes the media and the cultures uh, the broader elite culture you know I don't know if at least right the right word but the, the cultural leaders you know that's their job is to say no this is we should really admire achievement well and I think it's kind of like what you were saying is. Um, we're expecting these business people to either do bad or do good. And so I think when you compare it to a sports star, them doing a good job in the game is, oh, yeah, that's a good person. Unless they're out in like the social world and someone's got a newspaper of them cheating or doing something horrible, it's like, oh, they, they had a good game. That's a good person. Whereas I feel like you said, 
business owners, it's that's a bad person until proven that they're a good person. And so I feel we kind of have a society where the world is expecting these companies, they it's like, oh, they're bad until they say, oh, no, we recycled enough or we gave back to the animals or saved the kittens or, I don't know, ended world hunger. And the challenge with that is, I mean, what, and you and I have talked about this multiple times, but like, what is the purpose of even a corporation? Is it the corporation's job to save the world or is it the corporation's job to produce good products and services and be good for their shareholders? Yeah, you know, you and I know that it's the latter, although... It's amazing again how the culture is confused by that, and and there are there's this kind of evolutionary idea in the culture right now that says no, we should okay capitalism. We know we need it. We know we need productive companies, and and we want them. We want their their goods and services, but we don't like the fact that they're profitable, and we, we kind of denigrate profits. So the evolution is toward this idea of what they call stakeholder capitalism, which is to say, well, you should think of others besides your shareholders. And and that's completely wrong. That's confusing the purpose. Like you said, the purpose of a corporation, yeah. a corporation is to, to actually create profits, create profits for the shareholders, the owners and profits can be measured in many different ways. It can be measured certainly by the bottom line, the financial bottom line, and that's what it should be mostly. Um, but, but, uh, Innovators and entrepreneurs can define what they mean by long-term profits uh, in terms of how they take care of other uh, constituents, so to speak. Um, but there, there's a confusion right now about that. And, and many business leaders, are certainly political leaders and cultural leaders and many business leaders are very confused by that. And they, it's, it's a movement toward more cronyism. Because you know, when you can say, well, I'm doing good for society, who, who's defining good for society? You're allowing that those corporate executives to kind of decide what good for society is versus, you know, taking care of their, uh, their products and their services and their, their employees and their customers, which is what turns into profits. Yeah. Well, and and it's almost like that's now becoming the expectation. So if you're not doing something world changing, um, that's going to have some great impact on society other than making your product or providing the services you said you're going to provide, then maybe you're seen as bad because, Oh, but you didn't do enough recycling or you didn't do enough charitable donations or something along those lines. And so I I wonder if that's even part of the, okay, we're mad at these higher execs because they built these companies that we love to use and they provide great services, but maybe the services didn't do enough for their employees or maybe the services didn't give back enough to a specific cause that one or one or many of us deem is the yeah, more think, important cause. I think you're right. I mean, and that's it's a deeper philosophical thing when you're talking about, you know, what is the purpose of a company and and what is a good person. You know, it's an ethical question, and it's really a struggle between individualism and long term productivity and self interest versus the ideal of altruism, which most people have a you know they they think that's a good thing. Um, altruism really isn't a good thing because it's saying you know, there's no no standard that you can meet for yourself you know you shouldn't be having you as the you or your happiness your long-term or even your shareholders happiness or your customers long-term happiness. as long as it's somebody else other than you um, but that's a, that's a confusion about ethical theory and you know the classic example is bill gates uh he's done more potentially for any one for any one producer he's done more for the whole planet you know, in one sense, because of the the innovations and the standardization of software and Microsoft, and he was vilified. He was took before Congress and told he's um, 
know, they did lots of antitrust measures against Microsoft. But once he became, quote, a philanthropist, and in yeah. my mind, he's doing much less good for the world. In most ways, he's, he's actually, by my judgment, actually misusing his capital, <laughs> uh, but not doing really that good for the world. And nowhere close to what he did as an actual industrialist. But that's, it's a contradiction we have. We, we like their products. People don't really understand how to measure the impact of a billionaire. Well, and are you, so are you saying now, so before he was spending more of his energy making Microsoft better so the rest of us could use it and have a better world. And now, instead of continuing to improve Microsoft, he's trying to use his time to prove that he's a good person. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so Microsoft's not getting better for the rest of us. But well, maybe money's getting donated somewhere. Well, and that's what's interesting. I mean, for a long time, right after the antitrust trials against Bill Gates, he lost lots of a motivation. It seemed like, uh, you know, he decided to become less involved in Microsoft and ultimately retired out of, out of the company. And he became much more involved in philanthropy. But Microsoft, the company, stopped innovating. And it, the stock was in the, in the toilet for a long time, for really over a decade. Now, more recently, they have better leadership and they have some innovation going on. And it's likely we'll try to punish them too. Um, but I am saying that he did a lot more good for the world when he was focused on his passion of creating better and better software for people. He impacted you know, literally almost every person on earth. He's in many ways the father of this technology revolution we're all benefiting from um, that's created so many other companies and products that we're all uh, really much more comfortable or secure or creative, you know, uh, entertained. We have so much more because of what Bill Gates accomplished as a software producer, a profit-making software producer, than him as a philanthropist. But it's an inverted world where we say, um, you know, he, we want to celebrate him for, for giving money away rather than producing better and better products for us. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I remember, I don't remember if it's a book I read or a seminar I went to, but there was this discussion around the concept of um, like time and how things that are more recent are things that stick with you more. So if you're a bad person your whole life and then the end of your life, you're super philanthropic, people remember you as the philanthropic person that you died as, not the horrible person that you were the first 80 years, um, theoretically. And it's interesting because that exactly, that exact situation happened to me because when you said, oh, he was entirely vilified, I was like, what are you talking about? He's this philanthropist. <laughs> All I knew is, oh, the Gates and Melinda Foundation. And but so in, in one sense, they're wasting capital. Now, I, I don't want to go overboard. I mean, there, I yeah. think Bill Gates, especially in this COVID world, people have a misunderstanding of what he's done. And, but he, I think he's wasting capital. I, don't, I think the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation really isn't taking care. They're not being good stewards of that capital. Now, again, that's a personal sort of evaluative statement about their philanthropic causes, but I have no doubt that he was much better for all of humanity. Ironically, that's that's the thing is, as a kind of selfish, long-term selfish, rational, profit-seeking uh, software innovator, he's done more for the world in an altruistic sense. He's done more than ever as a philanthropist, but we don't, that's that's where we have this moral inversion in my view. And, and it's it, it is interesting because we used to uh, think more or like billionaires more, aspire. Uh, instead of being envious, the American culture was an aspirational culture. And it still has some of that, but it's more for the last you know several decades, it's more on the wane of saying, eh, I don't want to be aspirational. You know, I want to sit around and play, play video games on, on the Microsoft <laughs> software. Um, 
yeah. instead of actually thinking about their, your life as a creator, not saying that video game people can't be created, but if you're just consuming, if you're just consuming versus actually creating, then and you don't have that sort of admiration and aspiration of, oh, I can be, life can be better and these people are making my life better. It's funny because we I go back to the sports analogy. We, everyone loves, you know, excellence in sports today still. But there was a time in America where people would turn out to, you know, if there was a skyscraper that was built or a bridge that was built or some new, or, you know, a rocket that was being shot. Now th that is kind of happening today, but People would show up to those buildings, you know, the ribbon cuttings for the bridge or something, and they would be, you know, big crowds applauding the achievement. And you don't have that today, and it's and it's it's not good. But we sh we should be more admirational of these builders, and I think we'll get back to that. But it means we have to have a better, you know, sort of underlying philosophy in the culture to get back to admiration and aspiration that we used to have. Well, and I think some of it is part of how we perceive things as great i think nowadays you go to a city like new york city and you go wow this is amazing these huge big buildings but then you go oh yeah that's been around for a while like they've already figured out how to make a big building so i'm not going to go check out the next 80 story building i only want to see the building if it's the tallest building in the world otherwise uh sorry you're not the tallest or the biggest or strongest fastest um I think the only time it really grabs like media attention for these big accomplishments, which, yeah, as you said, they should be appreciated and celebrated is when there's something new. grandly different or new. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. I think, you know, people talk about having, and I think this is true of, of having personal gratitude for the things you have in your life, no matter where you're at, that actually does fuel both your own actions for, for doing better. Um, and I think you're right. People are like, well, what, what is, what have the billionaires done for me lately? Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. What's new and different? You know, I'm, I, I take for granted all the options that I have again with, you know, the example of computer software or, or even just like you said, the, the architectural achievements of a big building. Uh, I just sort of take that for granted. It, it, all this wealth that's around me surrounds me. I'm, I'm surrounded by abundance, mm -hmm. but I don't actually acknowledge that. I don't really know the root of it. I don't know how it got here. It's just kind of always been here and it's always been part of my life. And it's just, uh, rather than having an appreciation for the difference between living in the state of nature, which is the extreme, you know, we haven't most most people in the world, and certainly most Americans, don't really know what that's like, um, versus having all this wealth around us, that wealth and options and comfort uh, and a great life, uh, a great material life and a great spiritual life, um, we just take that for granted. And I think it's important that we kind of go back and say, where did this come from? You know, how how did just having a really sense of wonder and appreciation for even the little things that we have around us that make our life better. Yeah, like back in the day, people would have celebrated the first time turning on a light, and now you just you turn on a light, and oh, it better turn on. If not, gosh, who broke the light today? <laughs> or right. you have pour a cup of coffee, and you're not thinking about oh, that had to come from a different country, and the people who harvested that, and all the the work and energy that goes into the things that we seem to almost take for granted. Yeah, it daily. reminds me, I, you know, this is politically incorrect to say because the guy has uh, Evelyn, you know, has some issues, but there, there's a comedian called uh, Louis C.K. Um, who does really interesting, and, and for those of our li listeners, if you if you are interested, it's worthwhile uh, Googling or YouTubing, you know, trying to find this YouTuber of his bit on, you know, how sometimes people react when they're uh, flying. And, and he's like, 
look, you're sitting, <laughs> you're sitting at 30,000 feet in a metal tube being served hot coffee and you're bitching about the internet. We're not working. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're going, you're going from point A to point B, maybe throughout, you know, thousands of miles, something that, you know, people would take 50 days in a covered wagon to get to, and you're going to be there in an hour and a half or, you know, in a couple hours. And you're complaining about what is, you know, what you, the, the smallest inconvenience of your life. And it, it's a good com- comedic, I'm not doing it justice, but comedic, you know, uh, interpretation of how sometimes we're a little bit spoiled. And that is, you know, that that's part of the challenges that these billionaire creators have in a sense spoiled us. You know, we're spoiled by having so much um, affluence around us that we don't really have that appreciation. Yeah. Well, so maybe taking this full circle. So the billionaires aren't necessarily bad. The challenges. No, <laughs> I mean, they, Again, you have to judge individuals, in my view. Yeah. So there may be a billionaire that out there, and I think everyone has uh, uh, certain flaws in their character. Or, but, but if a billionaire got there in a free society, that necessarily means they're good, in my view. Yeah. That necessarily means they were productive in, on, a, on a grand scale. They organized lots of people, and they coordinated lots of lots of things. They had to make lots of decisions. It's a monumental intellectual uh, achievement to become a billionaire and that should be celebrated yeah i agree (laughs) but i interrupted you you were saying well okay they're not like let's wrap this up kind of like in conclusion so i think let's yeah round it out and say that okay maybe we do have this envy economy type world where we're thinking okay well maybe a lot of people dislike these people but them getting to the level that they're at financially and be it billionaire, millionaire, be it someone with just more money than you have today, that doesn't make them them a bad person unless they're actually a bad person. So maybe it would be helpful for people to say, hey, you know what? If I am going into today and I'm upset that Jeff Bezos delivered my Amazon package two days too late and he must be a bad person, maybe take a step back and say, you know what? Is he really a bad person? Let me maybe do and do some work into this and think through, okay, what are some character pros, character cons? Um, maybe reevaluate the world around you and um, take some time to be grateful for some of the great blessings that we have as far as Yeah, um, I think that's always a good achievements a, and <laughs> a good uh, strategy is, is taking stock and being more aware and uh, definitely having more gratitude about the the state that we live in. Is there anything else you want to add to our discussion? No, I think that gives our, you know, gives it's an interesting conversation to talk about, you know, what makes a billionaire, why billionaires are here and, and should be admired and uh, be happy to talk to clients more or listeners more about that if they have, have thoughts. But I think that kind of gives us a perspective. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening to our podcast. As always, we invite you to follow, like, friend, subscribe. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. All of our platforms are saved as Altius Financial. It's all typed as one word, so you'll see our little Greek pillar logo, so can't miss us. Uh, if you did enjoy our 53-week challenge last year, we invite you to tune in to our Terminology Tuesdays. We're just posting some fun finance terminology every Tuesday. Uh, so check in for that some, for some more information. If you guys have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, even ideas for future podcasts, or if you're looking for a financial advisor, please reach out to us, taylor at altiusfinancial.com or michael at altiusfinancial.com. 
or check out our website for some great free resources, www.altiusfinancial.com. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Thank you.